Hi, this is Chris Kipp, lead pastor of Renaissance Church in Richmond, Texas. Thank you for streaming or downloading this podcast today. I hope this resource blesses you. If you haven't joined us at a worship gathering or at a house church yet, we want you to come. You can find all that information and more at rin-church.org. I pray that you are encouraged today by the proclamation of God's word. We're going to be looking at a portion of scripture that really is tied to the Christmas season. We're we're in week two of a series called Adore. And as we um, sang first this morning, oh, come, let us adore him. My, My aim in the series is to awaken the wonder inside of you for King Jesus. That's my goal. That's the aim is that there's something about this season that's infused with fresh meaning for you as you think about Jesus, the reason for the season. And so I'm I'm so excited about what we're going to talk about today. It's uh, from Isaiah 9. We're going to go right into scripture this morning because uh, we have a lot to unpack out of this really short portion of scripture. It's Isaiah 9. If you've been around the church especially during Christmas time, you've heard this passage. You've heard it many times. You maybe could quote this passage. It's going to be from uh, verses 6 and 7. And I just want to give you the backstory of what's happening here. So Isaiah is writing this about 750-ish BC. So 750 years before Christ would ever come, this, this entire book of Isaiah is filled with prophecy about the coming of the Messiah, Jesus. And so if you're a skeptic this morning, I want you just to know something about the Bible and that this is a book full of fulfilled prophecy, which of all the books written on planet earth, you need to pay attention to this one because of the fulfillment of prophecy. And what we're going to see here is a prophetic word that was fulfilled in the coming of Jesus. I'm going to read it in verse six and seven. He says, for a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. This is the word of the Lord. So here we have this this passage that you've probably heard. Right, a child's coming, he'll be born to us. And he gives us these names. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. This morning, what I want to talk about is that fourth name, Prince of Peace. I I want to talk to us about that word, peace. And to do that, I want to just ask you a question. What is peace to you? What's peaceful to you. Now, um, uh, if you have children, 
Maybe peacefulness to you is like, I've got all my kids at home and, and they're safe. And, and maybe, you know, they're at bed and you, maybe you've had a rough day with your children, but when they fall asleep and you're like, oh, they're just perfect little angels sleeping over there, right? You feel peaceful with your family there. Maybe it's uh, having your people around you. Like, you know, the holidays, maybe you get all the family together and there's something about that feeling, right? I've got all my people here or your great friends, having them around you just feels peaceful. Maybe uh, if you're a little bit OCD, you're like, when my house is picked up and all the dishes are, are, out, are out of the sink, I feel peaceful, right? Or, or maybe it's uh, finally being able to, to just sit down and like sit on your couch and maybe you're gonna catch up on a show or you're gonna read a chapter of that book that you love that's peaceful to you. Maybe it's just having free time. Like when you know, I mean, I've got two hours of like, I have nothing planned. And I'm just like, oh, thank you. Like that's peaceful to me. Maybe if you're a, a planner, right? It's like, man, I got a plan for the day, right? I feel peaceful when I know what's coming and I have a plan. Maybe it's your routine. Like I, I know like on Monday I do this at this time and on Tuesday I do that. And on Friday I go there and it's like I have my routine. And when that's, when that's like moving, right, then it's, it's peaceful to me. Maybe it's having some money in the bank, right? When you, when you open your online checking and you're like, oh, thank you, Lord. Like there's, there's something in there, right? That feels peaceful. Maybe for you, my mom's like this. If you were to ask her what's peaceful to you, she'd be like, I just want to live in a Hallmark movie. Like, I, I love these Hallmark movies. It's like everyone's nice and everything's beautiful and there's like, like no conflict happening and everyone's falling in love. Like, it just feels peaceful. Maybe for you, it's when everyone knows their role and, and, and the machine is humming right, right, everything is falling into place. It feels peaceful. What is peaceful to you? And I just want you to think about that word peace because the, the reality is that all that stuff sounds like heaven, right? I mean, I'll be honest, I love everything on that list. If I could have all that stuff on the list like every week, Wow, like that would be an amazing life. However, we don't live in heaven yet. Amen, right? And my kids aren't always safe. My uh, people aren't always around me. My, my house isn't always picked up. Sometimes it's like crazy. There are dirty dishes everywhere. So, sometimes I, I don't have time to sit and rest. I don't have free time. I don't always have a plan, right? I, I don't live in a Hallmark movie. <laughs> My routine gets interrupted over and over again. It's just life, right? And so we don't live in heaven yet. And if we have to have those things to have peace, then my friends, we're gonna have a peaceless life, right? Because we cannot arrange for that kind of peace, but... The coming of the Prince of Peace doesn't only mean that we're going to have peace someday on the other side of eternity, which we will, right? 
Amen. That's good news. That, that there will, for, for, for the follower of Christ, when you, when you breathe your last, you will immediately come into the fullness of God's presence and you will be with him forever and your list will be complete. I mean, you will be at peace. That's why when someone passes away, we say rest in peace, right? That day's coming, but the coming of the Prince of Peace also means that you and I, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of a world that goes haywire, in the midst of health problems and, and our routines getting interrupted and, and kids' stuff, that we can have peace now. Jesus himself said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And I do not give as the world gives. I have peace for you now. So how do we experience peace now? How do we find that today? Well, I think Christmas gives us an invitation to the peace of God, the Prince of Peace. So I want to ask you a question. What is peace in the Bible? Like we talked about what is peace to you? What feels peaceful to you? But what is peace in the Bible? There's a, a word that Jewish people would use to greet one another. You probably know the word. The word is shalom. Have you heard that before? Shalom. It means like peace, right? May the peace of God be with you. And when you look at this, this verse, Isaiah 9, he says, the prince of shalom. That, that word shalom, it, it means all things in their created place, doing what they were created to do in loving relationship with their creator. Think about that. All things in their created place, doing what they were created to do in loving relationship with their creator. In the Bible, this word would, would mean completeness. Or, or wholeness. It, it means safety or soundness. It means welfare. It means health, prosperity, peace, quiet, tranquility, contentment. It also would refer to a, a, a peaceful friendship. Like I have peace. I have shalom with other people. Or peace with God in this covenant relationship. Or it could mean that we have Peace from war. It, it's, it's, it's about the well-being of the soul. I uh, had a friend in the Austin area, and he would, he would get pianos. People would ship grand pianos from all over the world to this guy, and he would take them apart and put them back together again. He would rebuild the pieces. Amazing thing to watch. And, and he had this, this set of tuning forks. And when you have a piano like that, what you do is you have certain tuning forks and you would hit the tuning fork on, on something and it would begin to resonate and you would hold it onto whatever string you're working on and it would put out this frequency and it's like you could find the resonance of that string and tune it just right. And when I think about the shalom, about this created order of getting back into the created order, I think about this peace of God is that there is a design that you and I were made for by a creator. And to experience the shalom of God is to step back into that place, like the tuning fork that just it sounds the right note. 
It's the peace of God. So, how do we experience this peace today? I was thinking, um, you know, years ago, I think several times before I was even married, I got to go on a cruise. I don't, have y'all been on a cruise before? It, it's, if you have been on a cruise and, you know, if you get a chance in the future, just do yourself a favor and go on a cruise, right? I know some of you get seasick. It's just take Dramamine, it's worth it, right? You, you go on this boat, this massive boat, it's beautiful. And like every meal, there's this buffet, y'all. Like I like to eat, I love buffets. And let me tell you, the buffet at this place is awesome. But the thing about the buffet is like, it's all over the room. So you got this station and that station and that station. And I'd go to the buffet and I would, you know, fill my plate. And then I would, somebody would walk past me. I'm like, what is that? Like, where did you get that? Where did you find that food? Like, I have not found that yet. And, and I feel like peace is one of those things that, that when you see it, when you meet a person who's at peace, there's something in you that's like, whoa, where did you get that? Where did you find that? I think this passage tells us about peace, where we find peace. That The first point that I have for us this morning is that peace has a source. It has a source, and specifically, it originates in a person. Peace comes from a person, and that person, we're told right here, is the prince of peace. That Jesus is the source of our peace. And I think you were all like, okay, yeah, I know that. You know, that's like Christianity, one of one, Jesus is our peace. But here's what that, that, that also means. That also means that peace doesn't originate in you. And you need to, you need to know that. Because everything around us in the world tells us that peace is originating in you. And if you will do yoga, and you'll, you'll chant, um, and you'll, and you'll tell yourself positive things in your brain, if you'll do all these things, then you will have peace because peace is, is down in you somewhere, and you've got to just kind of dig it out. That is not true. And that will not work. That cannot sustain you because life is going to deal you things that are bigger than you. And if peace is originating from you and that stuff comes that's bigger than you, guess what? Your peace will not work. There's no amount of stretching or chanting that will make it happen. You have to have another source of peace. The prince of peace. This also means that peace does not originate in my circumstances. Oh, let me tell you, I, I struggle with this, right? I'm like, kids, if y'all would just be quiet, <laughs> right? If, if we could just do this over here, then, then we'll have peace. Like, I'll feel peaceful. And it's like, no, 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 no. Peace does not originate in my circumstance. It's, it doesn't happen to me once everything is perfectly in order because if we're waiting for that to happen, we will live a peaceless life, right? It's been my understanding of scripture and my experience of life that any time that we turn a person or, or a thing Right, or, or a circumstance into a God substitute, we ruin that thing and we ruin ourselves. Do you catch that? If you're looking at your spouse and be like, if you would just, 
then I would feel what happens is, is you're, you're substituting God for that, for that person making you feel that way. Kids, if you would just act this way, spouse, if you would do this, if we could just have this happen in our lives, then, then everything would feel peaceful for me. I would have peace. And let me tell you, if you do that, you're going to ruin those relationships. You're going to ruin yourself, your own soul. It does not work. They are not your source of peace. We cannot turn those things into idols that manufacture our peace for us. The scripture teaches there is no peace for the wicked. Peace has a source, and it is the prince. It is Jesus who leads us into peace. How? How in the world does that work? Like, how does Jesus lead us into more peace? Well, the prince of peace. Peace connects you and I to the source of peace. Romans 5, 1 and 2, Paul's writing, he says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. He's saying this, look, there's a source of peace. You don't have it until Jesus connects you to the source. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Prince of Peace coming means that you and I can have peace now. We can be reconnected to the source. And how that works is that he, in his sacrificial death, right, pays that penalty for us to reconnect us to our Father. He's not angry about my sins anymore. He's not the policeman in the sky just waiting for me to mess up so he can hurl a lightning bolt. All of his anger about my sin and your sin was put on Jesus, all the wrath, so that he can look at us with peace, shalom, well-being, completeness, wholeness, soundness, well-being can flow into your life. All his ways towards me are now for my good because of the prince of peace. The second point is this. Peace has a flow. And that sounds weird. You're like, flow? Like, what's up with that? Okay, peace has a flow. Let me explain. Uh, in Isaiah 48, there's um, a passage here. Again, Isaiah's prophesying. And this is one of those, like, rebuking words for the people of Israel. They've turned away from him. God's angry, right? His anger has not been poured out on Jesus because they don't believe in Jesus. And they're not following him. And so he's angry with the people. But then he says something interesting to them. He says this in, in verses uh, 17 and 18. He says, this is what the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel says. I am the Lord your God who teaches you for your benefit 
who leads you in the way you should go. If only you had paid attention to my commands, then your peace would have been like a what? A river. And your righteousness like the waves of the sea. I I grew up uh, in church in like the 80s and 90s, and there was a song we used to sing, I've got peace like, you all know that song, Peace Like a River, yeah? And I always thought like, where did that come from? Of all the metaphors, of all the things that God could have used to explain how his shalom would come into a person, he chooses a river. Think about a river. A river flows from one point to another. It, it, it has a flow, it has a current, it has a direction. And he says to you, your peace would be like a river. I, uh, I came across a map this week. I thought this was pretty fascinating. I think we have a slide that shows this map. And what it is, it's a, uh, it's a picture of these river basins of the U.S. It, and they're all color-coded, which I think is fascinating. And, and there's that big pink one, like which is most of the U.S. That is all flowing into the Mississippi River. I mean, imagine that. Like that goes all the way up into Canada and it, it lets out all the way down in Louisiana. Isn't that crazy? And I was thinking about all the hills and all the, the, the topography of this land and what happens, you, you know how this works, right? There's rain that falls all across the land and there's springs that come up, there's snow that's melting on mountain peaks and all that stuff eventually makes its way down to the lowest places and it flows down this river into the ocean. It has a flow. And I was thinking about how God as the source has things that he wants to flow into your life. That there's, there's things that he wants that, that will flow into you. But here's the thing about God's flow is that the peace doesn't just flow to you, which flowing to us is amazing. Like feeling the peace and the shalom of God is awesome. But rivers also move beyond us. They flow past us. We, we stand at a point and something comes towards us and then it leaves us. And what happens is the peace of God, the, the wholeness, the well-being, the shalom of God that flows to us actually impacts the people beyond us. It flows out of us. So Christmas means that you and I can have peace within ourselves. I mean, that's, that's amazing. When you uh, look up in the dictionary or the thesaurus, the antonym of peace, guess what word you find? You find the word Anxiety. We did a series called Giants Will Fall, and we did a whole a week just on fear, worry, and anxiety. And what I found is that 25% of our kids will suffer with some type of anxiety. 33% of adults will have a battle with anxiety at some point in their life. We live in a day where anxiety is on the rise. People are not feeling peace. They're not feeling shalom. And the message of the Prince of Peace coming is that you can have peace 
now within yourself. Paul, the famous passage that he writes in Philippians, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, get this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That God cares about your anxiety. He cares about the things in you that are causing you to feel anxious and fearful. And he says, look, I I do have a plan for that. And here's the plan. I want you to pray. And I want you to step back into the created order where not everything's on your shoulders. It doesn't all depend upon you. It's not like you have to make everything happen in your life. If you will just come back into this order and you will humble yourself and you will pray and you will, you will rightly relate to me, guess what? I'm gonna bring peace and it's gonna flow like a river. It will flow into you. It will surpass your understanding. Right? You have peace that flows into, you can have peace with your own soul through the Prince of Peace. But that flow doesn't stop with us. It flows out. And Christmas means that you can have peace with others. Jesus said famously, blessed are the peacemakers. You can become a person who makes peace. Like when the peace is flowing into you, you have the ability to make peace. And it says that you will be called children of God. Romans 12, 18, Paul says this, look, if it's possible, as far as it depends upon you, you can't control everybody, but as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, right? The peace of God is meant to flow in and then to flow out. Christmas means you can have peace with others. Uh, Last year, my sons, uh, I, have, I had three sons last year that were in this school. One of them's gone on to Wessendorf. And uh, with my oldest son, I got to go on a field trip to Jane Long Farms. I don't know if y'all have been out to Jane Long Farms. It's out, uh, I think it's called Richmond Parkway now, but uh, it's a beautiful place where she used to live. Uh, speaking of rivers and flow, her house fell into the river at some point. So it was not there anymore, but they have other cool places out there. And we're uh, at this Jane Long Farms and they have a, a big square table and they're teaching the kids about rivers and about flow. And so they have um, sand on this table and then there's like water spigots up here. And what you do is you make your own land formations. Like you can make hills or valleys, whatever, and you make your own formation and they turn on the spigot and then that water finds its way down. You're studying how it flows. I came across a passage from the Christmas story in Luke 1. Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, is saying prophetically about Jesus that he would guide our feet into the path of peace. So peace has a source, peace has a flow, and then my third point is this, peace has a path, that Jesus would guide our feet into the path of peace. And I was thinking about that sand table, and I was picturing our lives, my own life, and how I live my life in such a way so many times that if, I, if, I, if my life was a sand table, I'm just pushing all the sand up against where that water flows out and I'm creating this like blockade. 
that, that I can live in such a way that I'm actually hindering the flow of peace in my own life. And apparently there's a path of peace that you and I get to walk into through Jesus. In that Isaiah 48 passage, he said in verse 18, if only you had paid attention to my commands, then your peace would have been like a river. If only you'd paid attention to my commands, then your peace would have been like a river. You can be a believer in Jesus and be miserable. You could be connected to the source and peace could not flow into your life because you are rejecting his ways. You can take the sand table of your life and push it all to the front and blockade the flow of peace. It has a path. There's a way in which shalom flows. And to live contrary to God's ways is to dam up his peace in your life. I, I think that there's been this idea. I don't know if it came out of the hellfire and brimstone preaching of our past, but there's this idea that holiness is the tax that, that God is exacting upon his followers. Right? Well, you know, now I believe in Jesus, so I can't go over there. I can't do that anymore. I can't do this. And I can't, you know, it's just like, this is the tax we pay. If we're going to, if we're going to know God and be Christians and we have to pay our tax and we have to be good. And I think that is so backwards because it views this as some, some like alien way of living that doesn't, you know, it doesn't really fit, but we try to make it fit because we're trying to follow Jesus now. And that is so far from the truth because to live in shalom is actually to step back into created order it's like when you were living outside of the truth you were living in a way contrary to what it means to be a human being it's been my deep conviction that the ways of God are not only glorifying to him but it's actually for your benefit that to live a life of devotion and holiness and obedience is not a tax you pay. It is God's gift to you. He's like, look, I created you. I know how this works best. And if you will step into my order, if you will live in a right relationship with me, peace will flow into your life. I'm telling you, it's going to be so stinking good. There's a way in which shalom flows. It's for our good. There's a reason why we do church the way that we do church. How we gather like this on Sundays and then we break out into smaller groups and homes called house churches. The reason why we do that is because we believe that that's the way of shalom. There's something about living in the body of Christ where you're, you're interacting regularly with people who love you and who pray for you and who ask about your life and, and who, who are taking care of one another. That is shalom. There's, there's a, there's a res restoration of God's order. Like this is how it's supposed to be on the earth. It's a foretaste of heaven. 
We step back into this created order and, and it's all, all of a sudden, it's like we took the sand table of our life and, and we pushed it all to the sides, right? And we have this beautiful channel now and we turn on the spigot and it's like whew, rivers are flowing again. Right? The shalom, the peace of God, the prince of peace. So peace has a source and it's not you. It's not your circumstances. Peace has a flow. It's coming from the source into you and it's going beyond you. And it has a path. There's a way in which it flows through your life. I want to close by applying this to two types of people in the room. The first is the believer. If you're someone who's like, man, I, I believe in Jesus. I, I've, I've given my life to him. I, I follow him. He's Messiah and Lord. I, I'm, I'm a Christian. I want to ask you, are you still attempting to make peace for yourself without allowing Jesus to be your peace? Are you white-knuckling your circumstances to make it all work for you? Are you making it a living hell in your home because you're trying to make peace for yourself? Are you allowing the peace of God to flow into you from the source? Have you moved Christ from Savior to side note? Have you moved him from master to the margin of your life? Is the sand table of your life such that you've made these, this way of living that just blockades the peace? You're not, you're not living in his ways. One way that I think we do this is that we just, we just work, 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 work. We're busy, 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 busy. Right? Work comes with us on our phones, right? We get the email, we get the phone call. And it's like we, we step out of God's creative order for work and rest and Sabbath and we expect peace to flow. And we find out, no, I'm not full of peace. I'm full of anxiety all the time. Are you rejecting his ways? Are you blockading the flow of his peace in your life? Secondly, to the person here that's like, man, I don't know about Jesus. I, I don't know if I really believe in all that. I wouldn't call myself a Christian I want to talk to you for a second. There's a source of peace. And without Jesus, you will not have that peace. He is the prince of peace. And I want you to experience that peace. You are disconnected from him and there is no peace for you apart from Jesus. He's made a way for you. The Prince of Peace has come and everyone who believes in him is rescued and reconnected to the source of peace. And I urge you to believe in him today and to receive the peace of God. Let's pray together this morning. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance Church Sermon Podcast. To contact us or find out more information, visit rin-church.org.